Hello, everyone. I would like to welcome you to Kyogen's webinar on tumor mutational burden analysis using Kyogen CLC Genomics Workbench, uh, which will be presented by Alice Field. My name is Emily Dimmick, and I will be your host for today's webinar. Before we begin the presentation, we have a few housekeeping issues to go over. First, could you please find the chat box in your GoToWebinar panel and let me know whether the audio is working and that you can hear me clearly. You can just type in hi or hello. Thank you for responding. All attendees will be in listen-only mode today to avoid any background noise during the presentation. So if you are experiencing any issues, please type in the chat box. In addition, please use the chat box to submit your questions and comments throughout the webinar, and our presenter will answer these at the end of the presentation in the Q&A session. We are joined today by Alice Field, PhD, Senior Expert, Global Bioinformatics Technical Services at Kyogen. Now I will hand over the presentation to Alice. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Emily, and all of you, welcome to the webinar. Uh, before I start with the webinar, I will just uh, show you our legal disclaimer. Uh, and it says the Kydian products shown here are intended for molecular biology applications. These products are not intended for the diagnosis, prevention or treatment of a disease. For up-to-date licensing information and product-specific disclaimers, see the respective Kydian kit handbook or user manual. Kydian kit, uh, handbooks, uh, user manuals are available at our webpage, kydian.com, or can be requested from Kydian Technical Services or your local distributor. So, and now to the agenda. I will start giving you an introduction to CLC Genomics Workbench and our products, uh, then a live demo. Uh, uh, then I will talk about some quality control customization, and in the end, we will have the Q&A session. In the introduction, I will first uh, talk a bit about what's the difference between GeneGlobe and Kydian CLC Genomics Workbench. Many of you might already know GeneGlobe uh, and wish now to try the Workbench, and therefore we'll go in more details with this. Then I will also tell about the Workbench and server solution uh, and the biomedical genomics analysis plugin. So Kydian GeneGlobe Analysis Center is our free uh, analysis pipeline. It's intended for in immediate analysis of Kyasic uh, panels after the customer has used the product. It provides basic reporting capabilities. There is no uh, official support and the documentation is light. Uh, it's not intended for production, routine testing or clinical use cases. Customer data is not backed up and will be deleted. Software updates can happen at any time and it's not back backward compatible and the pre-built pipelines uh, sometimes use uh, open source tools. In contrast, Kydian CLC Genomics Workbench is our premium paid offering, uh, but it can be sold uh, with a bundle of Kyseek panels. It provides advanced uh, analysis and reporting options. It's fully supported by Kaidin experts, and that's experts like me and my very helpful colleagues, uh, and it's fully documented. It is developed under ISO 9001 standard from 2015, and it's actively managed uh, quality system. Uh, there's scheduled releases. 
there's built-in audit trails, which means that you can see uh, when an analysis was done, in what versions, by whom, what parameters was used from the history of all elements. There is uh, pre-built and user-defined uh, or custom workflows uh, that you can use with the user management control. It's possible to export and share results and data and workflows with other users of the workbench and also users that uses the workbench as a free viewer. Uh, the workbench run on custom storage solution and compute. Now I'll just tell you about the Kaidian CLC Genomics Workbench and Server uh, setup. Uh, the workbench you install on a laptop or desktop. The algorithms are very efficient, memorized, so in mo so it can run the analysis in the laptop if it's a new and modern laptop that meets the system requirements. But many of you might find that this cannot scale up if you wish to run many panels. So therefore, we recommend a server solution instead. Here you would have a central server that is uh, that is. Uh, that is administrated by the IT administrator, and then each user can have the workbench in their own machine and then have the data and analysis done by connecting to the server. Uh, the users here will either have uh, a license, static license, each of them, or share a network license. Uh, from the server, it's also possible uh, to have bioinformatics using uh, command line tools, uh, create their own plugins to run their own tools, or run external applications, which is where uh, you uh, make a wizard for open source uh, application so that the user up here could uh, run the open source application from the workbench. To uh, run, uh, to analyze KIC panels, you need to run, uh, you need to install the biomedical genomics analysis plugin. Uh, to install plugins, you need to be running as an administrative user. So here you see the plugin manager uh, where you can find the plugin and click download and install. After installing uh, the plugin, the toolbox will be extended with ready to use workflows and the Kaiseek panel expert tools. These tools you are not using for anything, but they are included in the panels. Here you see the toolbox before and before installing the plugin. You can analyze Kaiseek panels in three ways in the workbench. You can use this analyze Kaiseek panels guide, which has fixed parameters for the workflows. Then, and the next option is to uh, use the workflows, uh, and that is the same workflows that are in the guide, but here uh, they are open uh, to view and edit uh, a lot of parameters. If you run the identify Kaiseek DNA somatic variants with TMB score Illumina workflow, it's also possible to do CNV detection. This is not possible in if using the guides. Finally, uh, you can make your own custom workflow uh, and install it here uh, where you have set the, the parameters as you like and the outputs uh, and then uh, you can run it from here. I will show you more about customization later in in the webinar. So first, if we look at the Kaiseek guide, this guide uh, we have made to the Kaiseek panel users, so they don't need to relate to the rest of the workbench, making it easy. 
the guide has everything you need. You can import your reads, uh, import Illumina or Torrent reads. Then you can uh, find the panel over here uh, that you use uh, and then select it uh, and click run to open a visit. I will show that during the live demo. In the end, it's also possible to upload your vines to QCI Interpret for further uh, clinical interpretation of the vines. First, I will show you uh, the import here in slides also. Uh, when clicking the Illumina import, you can go here, uh, select your FASTQ files, the reads from for the TMB and MSI panel is paired end reads, so you need to check paired end reads. Often uh, the reads are also sequenced uh, on one of the larger Illumina machines that makes uh, four FASTQ files uh, from different lanes. Uh, we recommend that you join these on import. So when you have eight FASTQ files, so the R1 and R2, uh, and from four lanes, uh, they will all be merged into one sequence list after import. The first time you run an analysis, you are asked to download a reference data set. The reference data set uh, for the TMB and MSI panel is HD38. It has uh, normal chromosomes 1 to 22, XY, MT, plus uh, the unplaced context. The annotations that we use are the RefSec uh, annotations, uh, but this is customizable, customizable if you wish to use other annotations. In addition, uh, you also uh, download MSI LOSI and a MS, an MSI baseline created from 30 MSS uh, microsatellite stable samples. So now we are going to the interesting part, the live demo where I show the workbench. Uh, here I will show you how you run, a, run the analysis through the guide and how you can view the results. So I will switch to the workbench and it comes here. In the workbench you have here on top uh, the tool bar. Uh, and over here you can see you have the plugin manager where you should start installing the plugin. I have already done this. Over here you have the navigation area where your data and references are stored. The data you store is in the CLC data and the reference uh, is in CLC references. Down below here we have the toolbox with the ready to use workflows on top and the tools below. Uh, and here we will focus only on the workflows. Over here, you have the view area where uh, we view data. So if we click here to view, you can see here we have uh, the guide and I double click it to open it. So here was the import reads that I showed on the slide. And here we have uh, the option TMB uh, and MSI panel. Uh, and we can see that the panel that is includes both are here and we can select from the drop down menu. I will just show you the reads that I imported before uh, and I have them here. So I have them here in a folder imported reads. So I have here in my uh, demo free samples uh, that I would like to analyze in bits. So I open it again here. I choose a uh, Somatic Illumina TMB, that's the one I want to run. Click run. 
I choose here to run on the workbench because I'm not logged into a server right now. Uh, the data that I'm showing has actually been uh, analyzed on our server, but I copied it to my local machine uh, to avoid any connection issues uh, while I present. Uh, so I will click next. I will start clicking the batch option uh, because I want to analyze these samples by only going through the wizard. Uh, once. So I will analyze these three samples one after each other, uh, only going through the wizard ones. And I can select the top folder, and then it has selected all the reads that are in here. Then I click next. I can make a folder here where I want to uh, uh, save the data. Uh, here I click cancel because I already made a folder called TMB workflow results. And then I can click finish to uh, save the results. I have already prepared ahead and run the workflow, so I will click cancel. Before we view the results, I will just go and show you the workflow. Uh, and I can see it. Now I can just find it. Uh, yes, this one. And I will right click it and say open copy of workflow. So now a copy of the workflow is opening and you can see how this resequencing workflow looks like. It is a resequencing uh, workflow that makes use of these uh, unique molecular indexes uh, to group reads that comes from uh, the same DNA molecule, therefore, thereby avoiding uh, that you have uh, reads that comes from PCR duplicates. And also minimizing the amount of sequencing error. So the first thing we do is that we uh, remove the UMIs. Then we trim the reads, we map them to the reference, we calculate the UMI groups and make the UMI reads. So the um, the mapping that is output has the UMI reads, so these are consensus reads uh, and not uh, the raw reads. After that, we remove ligation artifacts, we look for uh, indels and structural variations, uh, and then we prepare, prepare this guidance track so that we can merge the indels and structural variations into a local realignment. Then we remove uh, primers. We uh, call vines at low frequency, uh, but also uh, germline vines. And then we annotate them with the UMI information. Um, after that, we have this filtering cascade where we filter on different uh, quality parameters. Uh, and this, uh, these filters you can see by going through the wizard over here. There are 20 steps in this wizard, so I'll not show you. Uh, and you can also change these uh, filters if you wish. Then uh, we add amino acid information uh, and we uh, and more information about the vines. And then we calculate the TMB score. The TMB score is calculated on uh, the somatic uh, vines uh, that are filtered on even uh, stricter criteria. Then we do some QC for the targeted sequencing. You can see there is the option for copy number variation detection. Uh, and then we make a combined report. So I will close this here and then go uh, back to the results. If we see here for the first sample, uh, and there is like a folder for each of the batch units, so for each sample. And in the folder, there is a folder with reports and data. There is a combined report and a track list. And then I have saved a lock here. 
if we open the combined report first, then you can see this. This report uh, combines all the reports uh, outputted in the report and data folder. Uh, our combined reports uh, function can also combine reports from different samples, and therefore it shows this minimum, median, maximum information. This can be a bit confusing when only combining uh, from one sample, uh, as then you see the same number again and again. Uh, but you have all the information uh, about the samples in about the sampling here. In this webinar, I will show uh, the individuals' uh, reports. So I'll just go here first to the TMB report, so we can see uh, the most interesting uh, thing. What we are looking for here is uh, what is the TMB status. And here we can see this sample uh, has a high uh, TMB uh, status. Um, and we can see um, that it has uh, 27 uh, non-synonymous uh, somatic lines. Furthermore, we can see here the, the length of the target region. Uh, and this length need to be uh, above 1 million uh, base pairs that has a UMI coverage of more than 100 UMI reads. Uh, we need this large uh, target region to uh, calculate uh, correctly the the TMB status. And the and the, uh, and the TMB status is is calculated by dividing the number of non-synonymous somatic variants with the length of the target regions and then multiplying by one million. So. You can also uh, view uh, a track list where you can see the vines. Takes a, bit of, a little while to load. The vines that opens up here uh, that you can see is uh, the vines that are passing the filters. So all of these vines that we think are in these in this sample. So this is also all the germline vines. Um, there are three vines tracks that are outputted. This one with the, the variants that we think that are in the sample, then one with all variants that was called before the quality filtering. This track is used when validating uh, the pipeline to see, uh, and then if a variant is missed, you can go back to this track and see what was uh, the, the quality parameters and why was this variant filtered out, and then choose if the sample was not good and you need to redo it, or if if you think that the pipeline is not sensitive enough for the data you have, uh, and then uh, you can edit the parameters and make custom workflow. The variant track and the track list up here is interactive, so if you click here, you are uh, taken to the find in the genome. And here you can see the, the different genes, annotation, the amino acid uh, chains, and the variant, uh, and the information about the target widgets. By default, we do not include the read mapping here, uh, but you can take it in by dragging it over here, and then you can see how the UMI reads, so the consensus reads are mapping, and scroll to see the variant. You can also mouse over, uh, to see uh, the counts. 
if you scroll out here, you will see that there is a lot of quality information and annotation about gene information on the track. If you don't wish to see all, you can uh, select the one that you wish to look at here, and you can actually save the view so that these columns will always show when you open the computer. So I will close this again. And then I will go uh, to the MSI uh, report. We will go a bit more in detail about the uh, quality uh, in slides afterwards. Uh, to run MSI, we again go here to the Kaisek analysis. We choose MSI here. We click run, again click next. For this, we need to input the mappings. And to do this, you can here select the bats, select the folder, or, and then it has automatically selected the mappings, which is what this, two, this workflow taken. Or we can just put it back, and then I can do this right click. Oh, I didn't uh, click it correct. Oh, sorry, I'm taking the wrong folder. And just take. To do the MSI, you can click uh, to do MSI analysis. We check, we select the MSI workflow, click run here, go down, make sure we select the bats to analyze all. We go here up to the GMP folder, we can select the folder, then it will automatically take in the mappings, which is what is required for this tool, or we will go back. And we can right click and select here, then you can see that the mappings are selected. So you can do both. And then click next, choose the folder where to save and click finish. Again here you can make a new folder by clicking up here. Here we'll click cancel and close this one and then we can go and view the results. So if we see here for the first sample, which was the sample that we find had a TMB status high, we can then see that the microsatellite's uh, instability status is actually that it's stable. Uh, and it's stable when uh, less than 15% of the analyzed uh, loci are unstable. Uh, there are nine uh, loci used, and these are uh, the monomorphic uh, loci. In the panel, there is uh, uh, 27 loci uh, in total, uh, and you can select other loci's uh, for a custom baseline if you wish. I will show you that later. Here, I will just select another one. Um, we can see that this has then uh, the the status uh, MSI status high uh, because it has more unstable. So it has more than 40% of these are unstable. And I will just show here also how you can view them in the results, that there is a baseline. This has a length uh, of the loci that are around here, the black one. And we can see that there are some that has lengths similar to the baseline, but there are also some that has lengths very differently from from the baseline and therefore it's found to be unstable. 
that just scroll up, we can see that what was one that the bat here is stable. So we can see how that is looking. Uh, that here we have more similar between the baseline and the sample. So that was all for the live demo. Now I will uh, go back to the slides. And we have the agenda here for the live demo and go to the uh, next agenda step, which is quality control. So what happens uh, if you see something like this, where uh, the length of the target region is, is that has the UMI codes uh, above 1 million is too little or uh, too small. Then you will see a, a red flag in the report uh, that this is unreliable because the region uh, is not high, uh, is not big enough. And I will dig into why that was for this sample. And I will do that by showing a good and a bad sample. The bad sample is the one out here that uh, corresponds uh, to the one I showed for before. So it uh, has, um, so it's the Yumi groups report that we are looking now at, uh, and I will go in sections with that one. So we can see it's not the amount of reads that is too little because we actually have more reads in the bad sample than in the good sample. But we can see that there is some indication of an issue down here because we have a lot more Yumi groups uh, in the good sample than in the bad sample, even that we had. Uh, too many um, and more reads in the bad sample. So uh, the issue is that the Yumi groups has grown too large. So instead of uh, sequencing the same, uh, or so instead of sequencing many DNA molecules a few times, uh, then we have sequenced the same over and over again. So a lot of PCR uh, duplicates that does not provide additional information. We normally don't provide, uh, be, uh, our recommendation is that the group size should be around uh, three or four reads in them, maybe two, uh, but they should not be bigger than, than 10 reads. Uh, but it's a bit up to the user how, how large group they are going for. But if they are larger than 10, then uh, there will be issues uh, or there can be issues with cohorts. Uh, so we can see here, uh, if we look at the region, the largest group, that it's a much bigger over here. This does not always tell that it's a bad sample that you have many reads in the last group. It can be just a single group that has somehow grown big. Then we can see that the average reads per group was uh, 9.56, 5.9, which is a high number, and the median was free. So these are also very, very far apart. Uh, here we can see in the good sample, we had uh, an average of 2.83 and a median of two. I will, can mention also this uh, sample is showing um, an average reach per group in GeneGlobe of three. And GeneGlobe will always show a bit higher uh, value because we do this uh, grouping much earlier, at much earlier states. So we will throw out some reads that are, that does not have a primer match, are off target, uh, are broken pairs uh, at a later state. So therefore uh, we have this a bit lower value than GeneGlobe has. Um, 
And then uh, the next thing you can look at is this uh, 5% biggest group size. This should be a small number. And more importantly, uh, you should have a lot of reads that are not in the five, in the in the 5% biggest uh, groups. And we can see here that this is 85%. Whereas here, uh, the 5% biggest group size is 39. Uh, and uh, there is only a, a bit less than 60% of the reads that are not in this group. Uh, also down here, we can see the distribution. There will never be any reads that has a group size of, of zero, uh, but we should have a distribution as down here, where around 10, 20% of the reads are in singletons, and then uh, around 90% of the reads are within groups that has less than 10 uh, human reads or 10 reads in them. So it's reads fragments, I should mention. Um, whereas over here, we can see uh, that 75% uh, of the reads are in Yumi groups that has more than, than 10 reads. So we can also see that graphically, where we see the good sample uh, has uh, the singletons, and then it goes like that. The singleton group will always be the largest. Uh, this is normal, so this is, is not anything to worry about. Uh, but here you see the bad sample. You can see it extends uh, further here. Finally, you can also uh, check in the Create Yumi Reads report how uh, the the exact Yumi sequence is looking. It should uh, it is random, so you should see a distribution here to the left where you have equal amounts of the the different nucleotides. If you see that you have uh, Yumi's that are, for example, 100% C or has very high uh, content of C's, then something has gone wrong with the sequencing. So now we are on to the customization. Uh, so uh, to first uh, about making a custom uh, MSI baseline, uh, here you will need uh, at minimum uh, mappings from uh, 15 samples that are uh, microsatellite stable. Then you will need a, a loci track where you have selected your favorite loci, loci and then uh, you run this to get the baseline and you get a report. In the report, uh, you need to inspect in detail if there are some um, loci or some samples that don't, do not have a coherence at the loci. If this is the case, then this sample need to be replaced with another one. After creating your custom baseline, you can make a, your custom data set. That is by, done by first going to Kyogen uh, sets, find the TMB panel set, uh, then choose to make a custom one, and then uh, replace uh, the MSI Lucy and MSI baseline. And then afterwards, you can run the workflow using your custom uh, baseline. Then I have a few other examples for the customization. Um, and that is to make it into one workflow. So instead of having first to run the TMB workflow and then the MSI workflow, you can add the detect TM, uh, MSI status to the TMB workflow. So it will take in the local realignment and you can have your custom baseline 
uh, or you can uh, also use our baseline if you find that this is a good baseline for you. Then uh, there is the option to edit uh, uh, thresholds for variant filtering. Uh, and there you can, can see uh, by first going through the wizard maybe uh, what filters are there and then uh, you can select if there are some that you wish to edit uh, in the workflow. It's also possible to, for example, add more uh, exports. Uh, this could be, for example, to uh, export the variance to VCF directly or export your reports uh, to a Excel, PDF, or JSON format. Um, so when you are in this uh, view where you can see the workflow, it's actually like you made your own workflow and you can change all the parameters you wish. Uh, we do, not, of course, not recommend to change everything because we have made a lot of effort to try to provide the best workflow, but, but there can be special uh, needs for customers. Finally, I have a small tip and that is uh, to make a, to make use of our metadata functionality. Uh, using this metadata functionality you can uh, store information uh, on the data. So here you can for example uh, store patient ID, how you created the sample, what platform, what year, who made the sample. So all these kind of things and then um, you can also use this, uh, and that's especially why I recommend it. You can use it to navigate to the sample. So if you have analyzed, for example, 100 samples and you need to find the right folder, then you can go to the metadata, type in the sample name, click find associated, then it uh, finds all, all uh, objects for this sample here, and then you can click on the one you want to view, so, for example, the GMB report and click find a navigation area. In this way, you don't need to sit and uh, scroll around in the navigation area. So, to uh, sum up on this webinar, uh, you have uh, learned uh, to analyze KaiSeq, TMP, and MSI panels using KaiDi and CLC Genomics Workbench, how to inspect results and read the reports, uh, how to check the quality of your sample, how to customize your workflow with a custom baseline, customized filter settings and outputs. Uh, if you have any questions after the webinar, you're welcome to uh, contact uh, our support team, uh, either by phone or using the email. If you uh, have started using the workbench, you can also customize, also contact us through the workbench and I will just show you that. You simply go here to help and then you say contact support uh, and then you can type in your email address uh, and the subject uh, and your question. Um, this is uh, a nice if then we can already see if you have a license uh, for, for the workbench um, and uh, you can also uh, attach a file, uh, small files, if you have anything that is relevant for, for the question. So, and if I go back to the slides, so, uh, and I will say that we normally reply in one business day. So now we are for the questions. <clears throat> Hi, um, 
Thank you, Alice, for the informational presentation. Now we will have a Q&A session with our speaker. Please use the chat box to submit your questions and we will answer them in the time remaining. So it, um, it looks like our first question, um, what are the costs of the workbench and server? So I'm afraid that I'm as a support person cannot give information uh, about uh, cost. So therefore, all information, all questions about uh, cost are forwarded to our sales team, and we will also uh, forward your question to the sales team, and then they will contact you. Okay, great. Um, can you share more information on how the UMIs are grouped? Yes. Um, I think actually it would be easiest for me to to. Um, Tell that by, by guiding you to how you can find the information in the manual. So you can go and uh, if you, for example, open the workflow, um, just open uh, and then we can see here we had the tool that group uh, calculate the, your microbes. So if I go here and configure and then I click help, then I am taken to the manual page. You can also find it on our web page or, or by going to help and then search for it. But this was an easy way to find it. And then we can see here uh, it describes how the the UMIs they are they are grouped. Um, so what we do is that we save the information about this UMI sequence and then after mapping them, um, we take the reads that start at the exact same uh, same position in the reference for the R2 read which is the one that that has the Yumi ligated. Uh, and we also check that the reads are on the same strand and that they have identical Yumis. Then these are grouped. After grouping these, uh, we try to merge singleton groups into larger groups by introducing a SNP. So if a sequencing error happened in the Yumi, then it would still be be merged with, with, the, with the reads that comes from the same DNA molecule. And then afterwards, there are some additional merging of singletons and smaller groups. Uh, and it says here in the manual that that can happen depending on parameters set for the tool. And these parameters are set on in our ready-to-use workflows. Uh, so this is a, a detailed information about uh, how these are, are grouped. I hope that was helpful and not too much. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Great. Um, one last question. How can I further interrupt my clinical research? How can I further interpret my clinical research? Sorry. So for, for further interpretation, we recommend that you use uh, uh, upload to QCI interpret. QCI interpret is a, a different uh, solution from, from us. So Using the CLT genomics workbench is the secondary analysis, and then you can upload uh, to QCI interpret for the more clinical interpretation uh, afterwards. Okay, great. Um, so it looks like we've come to the end of our webinar session. If you have any additional questions, please type them into the chat box. And if we didn't get to your question today, we will be reaching out to you by email. Uh, and thank you again for attending our webinar today on tumor mutational burden analysis using Kaigen CLC Genomics Workbench. I also wanted to thank Alice for joining us today and presenting on the topic.
At this time, I will now close the session. Have a great rest of, rest of the day, everyone.